0: hey hello and welcome to today's episode of plumbers of data science today i want to talk about distributed processing and basically why this is so important like um, why do you need this is this something you will have in the future or is this totally out of out of reach for you Um, i will go over Topics like distributed analytics, distributed storage, distributed messaging or message queues, ingest. And then I will go over the general tools that you can use and also talk about some cloud tools from AWS or from Azure that you can use. I'm not that familiar with Google Cloud, so I'm leaving this out here. Okay. Let's go. Distributed processing, you might ask yourself, Andreas, why is this so important? Um, I've never used this and I've uh, been very happy with my current setup where I do a lot of uh, serialized um, processing like ETL jobs. taking data, I'm writing it to a SQL database and then I'm extracting it and I'm analyzing it either through a script or a piece of analytic software like Tableau. Why is this so important? Why is distributed processing so important? And one thing I I would answer to this is look at the development of how much data is getting produced. Look at how much data the whole, we as a whole humanity is producing. You have computers everywhere and you're creating a, a big trail of data on your daily, daily search or, or dive through the internet. And so it's important to keep this in mind, especially, especially if you're working in the field of the Internet of Things, IoT, either consumer or um, the industrial Internet of Things. For the IoT is, the IoT in general, it's those devices I mentioned already. It's a lot of end consumer devices. Your, your Alexa, your smart thermostat, your mobile phone, your browser, your smartwatch, and so on. And this already produces a lot of data. But when you look at one step further, like the industrial internet of things, and working with industrial data a machine an industrial machine is producing vast amounts of data and when you're trying to um, work with that when you're trying to analyze that for instance in predictive maintenance predictive analytics in general you are going to get a lot of data from machines it might not start right now very slow but it it's getting up there very fast. If you have a simple platform with only with a few, you're starting with a few users and the API usages that you have are maybe not so big and you can do with do okay with ETL but at some point, especially if you're looking to have exponential growth, because this is where the money is, you want to have exponential growth in your platform, you want to get a lot of users you want to convert the users to um, customers through um, additional functionality that is behind a paywall and so on and so you're starting small but you can get very big very fast and then you need a processing that is strong enough to handle all this Data and all this management and all the analytics and so on So Let's look at analytics Let's say you have a super complicated job and This job takes a lot a long time to run you usually you had supercomputers you feed the data in and you do all the calculations, basically serialized calculations, maybe a bit parallelized on the course, but not as highly parallelized. So you have your, your monolithic system, your supercomputer, and you process the data there, and it, it takes a day, two days, a week, and then the, the processing is finished and you end up with a, a answer. You end up with insight from your job and yeah so this is one way that has been used uh, that we are used to build bigger systems and so on. In terms of analytics right now when you when you're uh, now distributed processing there comes into distributed analytics and the idea there is to have many computers or many servers and your input data gets um, gets fed into the analytics and the analytics does not only work on one machine it works on ten a hundred a 1, thousand machines and through leveraging parallel processing it is very very powerful and very very fast and you end up with fast results and the best way is that like in systems uh, within systems that you don't really have to worry about uh, programming in the end the, the parallelization parallel parallelization um, <laughs> now I got it uh, but it's already built in we we'll come to examples later for that and so now you would say okay I have the analytics right I can do parallel analytics the problem is with the premise of, that I told you earlier, you're getting more and more data and the analytics gets, it needs to work on more and more data simultaneously. So you need faster, faster processing and you cannot wait to get the data from the store in an extract, transform and load process where you basically have serialized uh, reading. So, what you end up with is that you need specialized tools. They, in the past years, they've been called big data tools. And those tools then parallelize how the data is stored. So, you have basically multiple servers that where the data is stored. You have multiple servers where, uh, who are processing the data. And so it's a hugely parallelized job. So multiple input servers, multiple multiple, uh, pipelines to the analytics, it's really powerful. So you might say, okay, now I have it, I'm getting all the data, I'm storing it in a big data system that is uh, storing hugely parallelized. So when I'm using my uh, leveraging my parallel uh, analytics it can access the data very very fast. Okay, this is all good. Now somehow how is the da- how is the data getting into the store? The data needs to get into the store also paralyzed because you cannot have one single bottleneck and serialized shop who is writing the data into the store It's very inefficient it will get a bottleneck and you have that that back end with storage and analytics who is high who is very highly uh, who has very very high performance but you cannot get the data into the store quick enough So what you end up with is like systems, that are buffering the data and giving you um, ways to move the data from an ingestion, like a message queue, into um, the store. And the idea is that the message queue is not a first-in, first out, serialized message queue, it's a system where you can that also works paralyzed on many servers okay so now you have a message queue that is fed from something like an API or whatever and that one it works in parallel data is getting put in parallel onto the storage and there from there on it's getting analyzed in parallel and then you have the inside okay so now you have you, you have almost everything in place and now comes the easy part you need something to really ingest the data from the internet from the from the source from the origin of the data basically uh, your smartwatch, your phone, a car, a machine with a data acquisition unit and you can do this by for instance creating a API A web facing API that is basically parallel where you can uh, in parallel make requests or or posts to send data. Maybe have a load balancing in front so you run it on a server and you can have uh, a number of connections simultaneously on that server and through load balancing you auto scale it you when the when the load on that, on that one server is getting too much, you're spinning up new instances and the load balancer all automatically distributed distributes the load that is coming from the internet from your devices through the through the API servers and so you're in parallel. And then what you then have is a is a chain of of systems that are working in parallel together and you don't have any bottlenecks nowhere. Ingestion through an API, parallelized. APIs write into a message queue for buffering. Message queue is parallelized, parallelized. Man, this is a hard word. You store in parallel on many servers. make the analytics in parallel. So everything works very, very good and very, very fast. Okay, so what systems exactly <laughs> do you, can you use there? Right now um, for ingestion, any API uh, service or any API um, web server is okay get yourself a web server program yourself an API can be a simple Java API that works in parallel okay then you have your ingest in terms of your ingesting the data from the source set a load balancer in front of that done. Then after that you write into a uh, a message queue system for buffering nowadays a lot of people use kafka kafka is widely adopted very uh, powerful performance wise and functionality wise so kafka is the prime candidate for that then storage if you're on a standalone on-premise cluster where you install stuff yourself prime candidate for parallel parallelized storage is uh, Hadoop namely HDFS HDFS costs a lot it's not a cheap solution but it's very very strong and it's super good integrated with analytics tool like spark who can work in parallel on your HDFS data and so you have the whole chain on-premise with on-premise systems an API on top of on top of one or multiple web servers which are fueled by a load balancer or managed by a load balancer you have Kafka HDFS spark that's it it sounds difficult it's very simple if you use some distributions like from Cloudera it's super easy to install and manage okay so this is one thing the the downside of using such a system on-premise that you install yourself or your IT department is you need to manage it you need to manage you need to manage your servers for ingestion, you need to manage Kafka, you need to manage uh, Hadoop, HGFS, you need to manage Spark, and so on. And all the, all the other uh, services, like Zookeeper and so on, that are used within a Hadoop, de- uh, uh, Hadoop deployment. So it's not very optimal in terms of manpower that you that you use. Another way, how do you, how you, how do yeah, the question is how do you um, move on from that? Another way is you go into the cloud, you go you go to AWS, you go to Azure, and there you can set up that stuff with um, with managed tools like serverless solutions that you have um, I'm not sure you have I- IoT core I think it's IoT core for AWS where you can put in uh, messages from either you set up an API service or you can add API IoT core how you then you can ingest data from uh, devices then behind that you have Kinesis Kinesis, a managed uh, solution for something like like Kafka. Behind that, you have Lambda functions on AWS. So Lambda functions would be something like Spark for a serverless solution for managing, uh, for analytics. Um, And then you have something in between those two, for storage like S3. S3, serverless, put it in, done. You could also use a key value store like DynamoDB, managed solution. No, no manpower needed to manage it and, and monitor and do updates and so on. So a great, this is one solution that is that I see it's possible. Or if you're on Azure and you could set up an IoT Hub and an IoT Event Hub behind it or use the Event Hub from the IoT Hub that is built in then have some functions behind it that are getting triggered when a new event, when a new message is coming in and then storing the data Into a, for instance, a Cosmos DB for uh, that is acting like a MongoDB, or use uh, use some use the file storage from Azure. I'm not 100% sure with Azure, but I think it's it's working like this. The only thing that I'm what I'm not sure about Azure is the actual analytics part, making that um, performance. Uh, oriented or uh, parallelized um, I think there's an analytics framework in Azure sure. where you can access data in a paralyzed manner. Parallelized. <laughs> Crazy word. Parallelized and um, yeah so Azure I'm not that I'm not hundred percent familiar I'm just starting out getting into Azure I think it's working, I think it's working like that. Yeah, if you wonder this dribbling noise, it's raining, and yeah, so there are many ways to set up a a distributed architecture and have a distributed processing framework, but it's yeah, it's, it's super important and I think a lot of you guys will have um, touching. Is is that called touching points? We'll touch onto uh, distributed processing in the future. Because either way, um, if you're on the IoT side or not, or if you're working on a platform, this stuff. The, the handling of data and with machine learning it gets out of hand very quickly if you don't have the right tools in place. Yeah, I hope uh, you now get a bit of a feeling that you sh- as a data engineer you should look into distributed processing all the way in our distributed architecture on the cloud or on premise solutions. As you see on, on the cloud I'm also getting into that. I have uh, a lot of uh, experience with the root clusters and building up infrastructure on premise, but I'm, yeah, I'm working on my cloud skills right now. Yeah, okay. That's it for today. If you're interested in more, check out my other episodes. This is, I guess, episode 36. So I have a lot more on my platforms like YouTube or Anchor or Google Podcasts, Spotify. You find that? Check out my webpage, AndreasKretz.com/podcast. Um, I have there always the newest episode and all the links to previous to the to the platforms. Okay, then see you tomorrow. No, it's Friday. Um, See you on Monday. Have a great weekend, have a lot of fun. And yeah, let's see you from each other on Monday. Bye-bye.